from Los Angeles, California. This is The Relationship Show with Dr. Wendy and Miss Jenny. This is a casual conversation between two friends and colleagues taking serious topics not so seriously. This podcast contains strong language and is intended for mature audiences. It is for entertainment purposes only. Enjoy. Make me a little younger than I am now. the next four episodes, we're going to share with you our recent conversation with 80 years young psychotherapist Riley K. Smith, who has a lot of knowledge from seeing clients over the past four decades. In part one, we get to know a little bit about the life of Riley and what led him to this work. We talk about what gets people stuck, how it relates to what Riley calls the basic wound, and how we can begin to attend to it. FYI, the trick is to keep breathing. was vice president for Dick Clark Productions for uh, like 50 years. Uh-huh. And he's 85 and still working, not for Dick. So you're, you're right. a L.A. person. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm so excited to have you here. Do you need a pillow? I think yeah. I could use a pillow. Yeah, I'm this, all about pillows. pillows yeah, I feel like I'm in danger of being digested. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. big... They, we've got so and many. And I do this. Pillows. I don't know if you need a side one. <laughs> right. Here's another one. Uh, okay, good. Thank I'm you. I'm all about pillows for the back. <laughs> In fact, I might use yeah, this one. Yeah, we want them a little bit closer to. Yeah, go for it. Oh, that's a good one. Hey, I never use this one. I know. Yeah. It's like, it's, 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 I find my clients really respond to it tactilely. Like, they'll hold it and they, they'll like stroke it. Like, it's like having. Oh, yeah. It's like pet therapy without having a pet. <laughs> the room. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have a, a great big brown bear. Oh. That I use that my co-therapist sometimes. Ah. Yeah. I also have a tiny little one for that people so that want to go back to that really prim- primal stage. Yeah. Oh this? yeah. Oh yeah. But I always talk about the pink elephant in the room. Oh okay. So we do that. <laughs> and then this one is often a part of. I'm all about elephants. Of course. That's so, good. Elephants yeah, so are very good. Kids take it out. Especially since YouTube, and I see elephants doing things that I didn't know they could do. <laughs> like what? Like snuggling with people. Oh. I mean, a I little baby I... elephant snuggling. Okay, I want to put this and, in a little bit Rolling around and, and it's just generally wrestling with somebody. Oh my gosh, yeah. I didn't even know that. I just love elephants. That's the, that's the only thing I've really getting out of Facebook, <laughs> <laughs> is the animal stuff. Oh, the I'm learning things about animals I didn't know. Uh, are you, well... Are we recording it? Yeah, we're always recording. Awesome. Okay. Are, are you into social media at all? I've just dipped my toe in. I built a blog about a month ago, and in in, in, in a certain, almost in panic because I'm web phobic. But uh, I Why found that the tech support people were very good, and yeah. and uh, worked out. And now I got my blog, and uh, I'm trying to figure out what to do with it. I've got a collection of articles. I got like 20, 25 articles I've written, and I just I want a place to put them, and I want to see what happens when people know that I'm out there. And so, uh-huh. I'm just beginning the process of 
of getting out there webs, what do they call it, uh, op optimization uh, and that kind of thing, what to do with tweet, uh, yeah. tweets and uh -huh. Twitter and all that. Well, Donald, Donald Trump can help you with that, I think. He's really good at <laughs> tweeting and then Hillary and, you know, they really, there's a love fest going on right now. I don't know what's happening with Oh, yeah. Did you see the Saturday Night Live? Oh, I did. Hilarious. Uh, no. I thought it was very funny. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. So. I, uh, I went to a conference about 10 years ago and uh, so it was just when therapists kind of started out jumping into cyberspace. Uh, marketing or getting their articles out or whatever and I just had a big ding you know it just was like a bubble talk about the bubble yeah, right. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that but uh, of inspiration and I then started to just jump into cyberspace and I just through uh, articles I developed a website we you know love our podcast a YouTube channel it's not for the showbiz part, because I come from a show business family, but it's because I'm so blessed and grateful with what I do. And I can't share enough. I want everyone to feel good in life and find meaning, purpose, and passion. And um, so I studied a lot about Brene Brown and vulnerability and not worrying about you know what she calls the audience, mm -hmm. but just doing it because your heart feels like that's the good thing to do. Right? Yeah, I didn't know about Brene Brown until Jenny told me, so I checked her out. And uh, I did? I think so, yeah. I, yeah, I may have. <laughs> I, talk, I do talk about her. I've been having a lot of clients talk about her or read her lately. It's been interesting because they come back and they have responses to what we ask them to read or look at. and. Actually, I don't ask them. I usually just suggest, you might want to check this out. I've been reading this, and it's really interesting. But, yeah, the Brene, Brene Brown is amazing. Um, How did you two meet, by the way? We met. Singing. Yeah. Singing? Yeah, we sang together. What? <laughs> Riley is friends with Darlene and, uh, and Jonathan, and through a crazy kind of turn of events I was fortunate enough to be invited to join them uh, Riley is a very talented musician and artist as well which I found out when I got there um, and he hosts a little jam session for therapists yeah musician therapists who get together and we do, do old any old kind of music we can think of and can remember Oh my uh, God, how fun. Yeah. So you play? Well, I play guitar and, and harmonica, oh, but I think I'm most comfortable singing. Really? Yeah, uh, but I just, I mostly do old timey country music and bluegrass and that kind of stuff. And yeah, this real Americana Americana classics. music. I grew up singing songs in my neighborhood and, you know, I know all those old. Where um, are you from? Corpus Christi, Texas. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, grew up on a kind of country music was in the background. I kind of looked down on it in those days. But uh, because uh, it wasn't it rock now. and roll, it wasn't as yeah, cool. Yeah, it, it wasn't popular. It wasn't rock and roll. And, you know. All them women gonna make me teach them what they don't know how. I'm going to Jackson. I'm gonna just jump in here sure. for us. So. 
Welcome back, listeners. Today, Wendy and I are very excited to be joined by Riley Smith, Riley K. Smith. What does the K stand for? King. Hey, nice. nice. So we have a king here with us. So <laughs> Riley King Smith, uh, to talk about the benefit of somatic therapies on relationships and on our futures. I just want to talk about you for a moment here, right. just so people know who, who you are. So Riley works in private practice here in Los Angeles. He uses integrated body psychotherapy, which will tell you what that is, or he'll tell you what that is a little bit, and attachment-based EMDR. Riley has been practicing since 1976, and he began training in somatic psychotherapy in 1996. He's a great champion of other therapists, acting as a supervisor for many, many years, training therapists, working with addictions when he was clinical director at an outpatient facility, and he continues to offer guidance to this day to fellow therapists running a study and support group that he recently founded. He's a certified instructor of somatic psychotherapy and has taught at the Integrative Body Psychotherapy Central Institute in Venice, California since 2002. He is also the co-author of How to Be a Couple and Still Be Free, a problem-solving manual for couples from New Page Books, and True Partners, a workbook for building a lasting intimate relationship, both available on Amazon. So... Welcome, wow. Riley. Thank you. Just so proud to be here. We're very excited to have you. So I know we were kind of talking about it a little bit before, but we're wondering uh, about your background and how your upbringing kind of brought you to this work. Well, I think I'd like to start in the middle, actually. I, um, in terms of getting to this work, um, I had a painful divorce first marriage, um, a son, and uh, I got into therapy. And when I got into therapy, I fortunately it was with uh, some really good people. They, they were doing a lot of group therapy in those days, back in the early 70s. And uh, I got so excited about the idea that you could actually maybe even understand how come people do what they do, <laughs> much less understand what, why I do what I do. Right. And so I said, I got to do this. I went back to school uh, and got my master's degree and got licensed. Can I ask how old you were at that time? Do you mind? I don't remember exactly. I think it was 40. A lot of people feel like they're too old to go back to school at any point in time in their life. And I don't believe that. I think you should, can go back whenever oh, yeah. your heart tells you to. So that's wonderful that you just made that yeah. jump. Then, about that same time, I was very involved in my spiritual path and devoted a lot of my attention and energy to that process. And it was exciting, and inner adventure. And uh, after about seven to ten years, somewhere around in there, um, I, I realized that I couldn't do this, was being single after being married and a single father. I realized that I couldn't do relationships. I was living on the edge financially, and I was a lousy therapist. I did not like how how I was as a therapist, and so I said, "I gotta, I gotta get grounded. I gotta get in this life." And so I spent the next seven to ten years doing that. I got into, uh, I I got together with my now wife. Uh, we both trained at the. Um, Integrative Body Psychotherapy Central Institute with Jack Rosenberg and uh, Beverly Catane Morse. 
Uh, it's somatic psychotherapy, a blend, uh, integrating body, mind, and spirit. Uh, psychotherapy. It is psychotherapy. Uh, and then after pretty much embodying that work so that it was really mine, I woke up one day and realized I was integrating my spiritual uh, knowledge uh, and experience in my work as a therapist. And so uh, that's where I've proceeded from there. Uh, working with the interface of body, mind, and spirit in psychotherapy. And it, it feels so complete to me, and it seems to be such a personal expression of myself. And of course, I've been teaching it uh, for th to therapists who are interested in this. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. If someone were to read my history, when you look back and what is it that you feel you were missing initially when you said before before you went down the somatic path that you felt like you weren't the therapist that you wanted to be well I, I think I was ignoring being human <laughs> can you say more about that that's so important and I love your website by the way oh, and I read I, I encourage everyone and we'll give everybody the contact information but the it's it's so organic so authentic mm -hmm. and it really I, I could feel your heart on on your website if that makes sense well it, it does and and I really appreciate that feedback because that's my intention I really put myself out there in a way that I never have before and to get feedback back like that I really really appreciate it, it's true you're you are very um very wryly you are you are yourself you are very we talk on the show all the time about being authentically yourself and it's so fearless mm -hmm. uh and i i know i catch myself a lot of times holding back on putting forward pieces of myself because i'm not sure how that's going to resonate with the world and other people i know how it resonates in my bubble and we'll talk about your bubble because okay. for for listeners riley's website is riley'sbubble.com r-i-l-e-y-s bubble.com i i concur with what wendy was saying it's just very fearless it's it is honestly who you are and that's that's hard to do by the way um my first career was as a illustrator graphic designer and advertising consultant and so the illustrations in my website are mine oh okay his okay. his artwork is they're emotional they are uh, they they're just they're beautiful heart really yes yeah Damn. it is like they yeah, resonate so when you went into psychotherapy and got away from that it's, was that part of you kind of put on hold yeah um, for the first few years first ten years of being a psychotherapist uh, I was doing both. I was a freelance uh, advertising service where I would do the whole thing, copy and art and everything. Um, and then in 87, uh, I dropped that completely and became a full-time therapist. 
Uh, were you 100% confident when you transitioned from your old life to like your new life? No. And you jumped anyway? Uh, I, uh, yeah, I had to. Risk. You know, I, that was the only way it was going to work. Blind faith. Yeah. yeah. Honoring your well, heart. Well, you know, I, I had maybe, I was seeing maybe five clients a week at the most. Well, I took a part-time job for support as director, clinical director at Do It Now Foundation, which was an outpatient drug program at the time. And uh, there I was training therapists and doing therapy with people who were working with their addiction issues. Uh, and so that was kind of a, a backstop. I, I had a two-day-a-week salary mm -hmm. and then was seeing clients the rest of the time. So it really sounds like you followed your heart. I did. Oh, yeah. I always say follow the breadcrumbs. You know, whatever brings you joy, that's a breadcrumb. And you pick it up and you put it in your basket. And, you know, whenever something shows up that brings you joy, oh, there's another breadcrumb. And you, you don't need to know what all of it means. Mm -hmm. Just just stay open. That's my big motto, stay open yeah. to, to what's in front of you. And it sounds like you really did that. And, and what a beautiful shift in your life. It was. Yeah. It's actually um, related to when things just kind of fall into place really easily, some people get very suspicious of that, I, I notice, and I think I have in the past too, where you start to feel like, oh no, everything's going well, something's got to be wrong. Uh, but that's shifted for me, and now I feel like when things start falling into place more easily than, I, I don't necessarily think that there is a predestined path that we are on, I think that there are many paths that we can go down and we can explore. And I feel like when things are really flowing like that, that I'm on a good path at that moment. Like I, I totally agree. Yeah. You know, it's just like how I met Riley. <laughs> it yeah. just happened to all, all these circumstances just kind of fell into place. And I was really nervous before I met Riley too. Well, because I'm nervous to go and, and, and sing. But that's a breadcrumb, and that's something that brings you joy. And we had another guest who is a, a musician, and that's how you met... Uh, Sonny. Yeah, Sonny. Yeah. That's so funny. Not funny, it's interesting, because yeah. if... So, so often, the breadcrumbs are right there, but if we don't pay attention to it, uh, it can pass you by. And, and, you know, I just want to be mindful of uh, trauma work and attachment you know, Jenny, like you said, sometimes that stops you uh, for whatever reason. And, you know, in life, trauma can either work for you or against you. Um, I had a very traumatic childhood and uh, it worked wonders for me in business <laughs> uh, because I embraced it instead of ran away from it. And I wanted to learn more about it, you know, um, but I think you can look at trauma as, as many different things and it can stop you or it can propel you into kind of the next level. And that's probably what we'll be talking a lot about today, huh? Yeah, so yeah. because that, that's related to what you do. It, I mean, it truly. Well, what do you think gets people stuck? Okay, I've, I've, I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> I've thought a lot about it because it's it's really an important question for me. Uh, I, I feel like it's my job to help people get unstuck. And from time to time, uh, someone will come along that is really stuck. 
And uh, so I'm constantly looking for, okay, what's this about? What's the key that's going to unlock that, that stuckness? And in order to talk about it, it seems like to me that there are at least, there are about, well, there's three important things that I think are, I want to talk about as a background so I have a vocabulary for talking about this. The first thing I want to talk about is this, this trauma, traumatic childhood thing. Uh, a man named Michael Ballant wrote a book called The Basic Fault a number of years ago. The and, Basic Fault? Uh-huh. F-A-U-L-T? Yeah. And uh, Jack Rosenberg uh, picked it up and saw what was there that he could use and passed it on. The Basic Fault is the bad feeling the, and the, the somatic reaction in the body and the psychological upset and confusion and the negative belief about the self that results from needs not met in infancy and then as we grow as, as young children. It's the primal wound that is the foundation and, uh, and the reason for the psychological behavior and somatic patterns that interrupt aliveness and well-being. It's really what people come into therapy about. It's, it's what causes the upset in the present. Even though they may not necessarily realize that at the time. That's right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's, always... it's deep and it's somatic. It's not. It's yes. It's psychological and it is. It's in the body. Yeah. You know, can I just say, Riley? It's interesting because, and often I'll talk to Jenny. As sometimes we will um, consult or you know uh, process things, and it's a feeling. Either I will feel someone or I won't be able to feel them. And when I don't feel someone, it, it's a red flag, it's a, scary, it's a scary thing for me. And I really try to pay attention to my own instrument, my own body, but when people come in, especially with trauma, and, and they're, they're stuck or flat or disconnected or um, dissociative, wh whatever it is, when I can't feel someone, I call it like the flavor of who they are, the relationship, uh -huh. um, it, it's so important. Yeah. So, there's so much implied by what you just said. Like, for instance, uh, the way you use your own wound. And so it's, it, it's not a, a negative thing. It doesn't have to be a negative thing. It puts us on our path. Okay, one other thing I want to say is that this basic fault and this negative belief about the self is a lie about the self that's held deep in the body and the psyche. And it's also the root of the upsets in the present. So if somebody comes in with an upset in their life, the work is to heal the basic fault. And I call it the basic wound because it's not a fault. It's not your fault. Uh, you know, it's a wound. So I don't like balance name for it, but so what? Uh, so that's, that's one key element of this whole thing about who's stuck and how you're stuck and what you do about it. Now, there are a couple of other things I want to say about it before I come back to getting unstuck, okay? Yeah, please. Um, I want to talk about what I call and what we call in integrated body psychotherapy the core self. That's the soul self. That's the real self. 
that's the basic authentic self and that comes into our body when we're born and goes away when we die goes somewhere else it's the self that we experience when we feel truly loved or loving it's when we're in a creative flow when we're joyful or when we're grieving or telling a deep truth that's seldom spoken we experience the self that we truly are anytime we're fully alive and present and focused in the moment okay and the contrast is that when we're operating from our basic wound what we're, we're operating a whole complex of strategies to stay out of the pain of that to pretend we're not to, uh, the, the, that we're, we're not unlovable we're not ruined we're not damaged to to hide the fact and this you, know, you mentioned uh, some of the symptoms of some of the coping strategies that people come in with they're split off uh, they're uh, they're aggressive because they're scared any number of things they can't do relationships they're depressed they're anxious whatever those are all coping strategies designed to keep us out of that basic the pain of that basic wound and the alternative is to find a way to connect to our core and to live life from our core because it's entirely different the basic wound becomes irrelevant all of the coping strategies become unnecessary and we live from our our spirit from our volition from our desire that must be terrifying for some people i mean i mean i at mm -hmm. first i mean eventually yeah. i can see how it would be life-changing but that the experience of that i guess and we do see it in, in in our work but just to let go of those old patterns that are so comforting and so familiar and just jump into the state of how I'm, I'm hearing it is like vulnerability yeah. and and making an assumption of safety in a way that because uh, I think you have to feel safe to be that vulnerable That's right. uh, and maybe carrying around something internally that is the mechanism that allows you to feel safe and not allowing it to be determined by external factors that it's mm -hmm. coming from something internal i don't know i'm just spitballing here it's coming no, no, no. <laughs> you know and I, I wrote blind faith because it is it's jumping into blind faith and true intimacy right you know trust and intimacy even if you can't see it mm -hmm. to challenge yourself you know i always say i'm a big dreamer and people can laugh at me it's fine uh, you know, but I, I'm laughing all the way because I honor, you know, uh, I, I just have a belief that things can get better, that I can embrace my trauma and, you know, I'm grateful for it because it really helped me to be hyper vigilant or hyper in tuned to, to, to other people, you know, and it's not my agenda because often I don't know if you have uh, experienced this, Riley or Jenny, but people will come in and I think the first stage is just to be with them, which is just so hard at times for therapists, I think, yeah. um, to just be with them because they might not be ready, you know, to, to put words 
to the wound yet. So just holding it mm -hmm. with them. Um, yeah. Attunement. Yeah, attunement. Not, not being scared, almost like role modeling that, you know, we, we can hold it, that they're not too much. Yeah. Whatever the trauma is. Yes. Yes. Is, okay, so that's two. Do you, is there a third thing? There is we, a third thing. <laughs> What's the third thing? Because the, the third thing is getting from the basic wound to the core self. That's what you're just talking about. Like, after you put the words to what is that uh -huh. basic wound. Exactly. Well, and I think that's kind of like what you're saying, Wendy, too. I feel like it takes some time also for us, too, to kind of recognize what that wound is. I guess after a while it gets easier, I assume, I hope. You guys, I'm looking to you well, both. That's my like, experience. I'm early yeah, in this journey. I, I see, I see people getting more comfortable because they, first of all, they understand. I mean, I, I go, I go around being ashamed uh, of so much, and uh, all of a sudden, I recognize that my shame is. At least I know in my head that it's unfounded. I, ca I can understand. I say, I work with my clients. And, in the same way that, that I came to my own realization in that I want to look at what the experience was. Uh, who were my parents? And where did they come from? And what was the, what was the movie I was born into? Okay? Right. And what did I have to cope with? And what were the needs not met? So that I know I'm not nuts. So that's huge, is validating their reality. Exactly. Exactly. Because so often people uh, who go through severe trauma, any kind of trauma, and if they don't open up or share it or someone can hold that for them, they do feel crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, Jenny and I were trained a lot in crisis intervention and management, whether it's physical or sexual abuse of children or severe neglect or substance abuse. We've heard some very horrific, heartbreaking stories. And... You know, it's uh, if we get stuck in the story, oh yeah, uh, then we're on the wrong—not the wrong path—but we can be distracted. Exactly. Instead of hopping to the other path, which is just being, just just being with them. It's all about the relationship, and if we don't have the relationship, we're not going to be able to get to the other path, which is you know that that other That's story. Right. And it's. I find that I walk that fine line between attuning and providing safety and offering this alternative viewpoint. I, I want to, uh, very early on, sometimes the first session, almost always, this, if not the second session, I will do a genogram. I'll do a three-generation history uh, for my clients. And sometimes it's intense, and I have to stay with the attunement. I have to, uh, and that brings me, I, I want to come back to the third thing, because one of the things I do is I teach my clients a way of breathing that is grounding and enlivening at the same time. Uh, it, is, uh, it is a yogic breath, uh, Wilhelm Reich used it in his work, uh, and, it's, okay, 
let me let me organize my thoughts here. Okay. Uh, first, uh, I, I, back up here. Breathing fully is essential to feeling and being alive. Regulating the breath is also the first and most fundamental somatic pattern for coping with the basic wound. When an infant experiences the stress of a need not being met, it reduces its breathing to reduce the intensity of the stress it feels. Reducing breathing also makes it impossible to feel fully alive and present. So we must breathe fully to experience our core self. And in integrated body psychotherapy, breathing fully is the most important tool for attaining and sustaining mental and physical health. So I begin in the first session to teach my clients to breathe in this particular way. And I think if this weren't audio, I would demonstrate it, but it, I, I don't think it'd be <laughs> effective or even uh, understandable yeah. with just the sound. So I'll describe it. I breathe as much air as I can into my upper chest. Big breath. And then I relax it out. Let it fall out. And I repeat that. Uh, and ultimately, do it for 10 minutes without stopping. 15 minutes without stopping. But at first, well, if you do three of those, let's let's all and we just well, do all upper body breath, not Let, belly breath, upper it's body. It's upper chest. You bring as much air high up into your lung as you can, and uh, through your mouth, because you can get more air moving through your mouth than you can through your nose. So uh, I'm gonna count. To th I'll do three. around see what you look at okay now that's just three so check into your body check, notice your experience right now some people get a little spacey uh, some people just feel a little more a lot lighter yeah lightheaded light I feel headed. more okay. open actually okay the, the thing about the lightheaded is that this breathing violates our core most fundamental, primal coping strategy for dealing with our trauma. And that's why we have to be trained to teach this because we want to be attuned, we want to be respectful, we want to keep it safe, and some people need to go very, very slowly with this. Other people just grab it. So when I, and Sooner or later in this breathing, almost all of us get spacey. We reach our speed limit. <laughs> you know? And so I teach how, what to do about that. And I normalize it. I say, hey, come on, everybody does this. It's because you're exceeding your speed limit and we need to go slow. And when you're saying going slow, you're talking about slowing down the process of taking in the breath, or are you talking a little bit more metaphorically? Well, no, very down? specifically. It, as soon as you get spacey, stop breathing. <laughs> <laughs> so if you get spacey, all right, yeah, slow down. Okay. <laughs> if you're enjoying this podcast, please pop over to iTunes or Podbean and subscribe. Leave us a review and give us five stars. We really appreciate it. And it can help us reach more people out there in the Potiverse. And feel free to contact us with questions and feedback through our websites. 
or at relationshipshowla at gmail.com. Coming up in part two, what is EMDR and attachment-focused EMDR? Where are we humans looking for validation these days? And is breathing the most affordable happy pill ever? To find out, don't miss the next three parts of our conversation with Riley K. Smith. I gotta put some things in the ground Even with this season coming around It's green's last gas You've been listening to The Relationship Show with Dr. Wendy and Miss Jenny. A casual conversation between two friends and colleagues taking serious topics not so seriously. Dr. Wendy O'Connor and Jenny J.B. Wilson see clients in private practice in Los Angeles, California, and can be found online at www.doctorwendyoconnor.com and www.jennijbwilson.com. For entertainment purposes only. Up next. And then there are ways to, uh, to reassert the pre- your presence 